Hello, hello. What's up, Reinas? Welcome back to another episode on the Crown with Confidence podcast. Today's episode is another episode of the Healing with Confidence series. Today, I have the honor and privilege of bringing on my dear friend, a very, very close friend of mine, and just an amazing woman, mother, that I've gotten the honor and privilege to get to know on a deeper level, Miss Angela. And she's going to share a powerful story with you today about how she was able to get to the other side of such a rough past, you know, from abuse to drug addiction to other things that she shares about in this episode. And, you know, I can tell you that from personally knowing her, she's an amazing mother. And it's been nothing but beautiful to watch her grow and just watch her have the joy of welcoming her new baby boy into the world and I just got so many great things to say about her but this episode I felt she was a perfect fit for this series because you're gonna see why after this episode so I hope that you are ready to listen in grab your coffee and get ready to listen to this powerful conversation What's up, Reina? Welcome to the Crown with Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Monica Rojas, a faith-led wife, homeschool mom, coach, and founder of BoxFit Queens. My mission here is to help you feel confident in your God-given identity and motherhood because, Reina, I know it isn't easy being a mom at home when you're struggling to feel good about yourself. As someone who struggled with her identity and went down a dark path of drug and alcohol addiction, self-abuse, postpartum depression, and no self-confidence, I can tell you that it's only through God's grace and mercy that I stand here today with over eight years clean, happy, and confident with a desire to want to help other moms feel good about themselves. I know in my heart God created you for a special purpose, to love and pour into your children. And as difficult as that can be, You were chosen to have this beautiful gift. It's time to step into your best version of yourself by pouring into your own cup first. And that begins here. As a former boxer and boxing fitness trainer for moms, I've witnessed the powerful results of seeing moms feel confident and empowered with themselves. And it's through this beautiful mission that God put in my heart with BoxFit Queens. So if you're ready to dig deeper in your healing journey, let's straighten that crown, lace up those gloves because you have already been crowned with confidence. Let's get it, girl. What's up, Angie? Welcome to the Crown with Confidence podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Hi. So my name is Angela Knoll, and I am a mother of three boys. And I've known Monica for some years now, so I'm really excited to be on this podcast with her. But um, yeah, I'm just really excited to talk about my experience as a as a mom not in recovery and in recovery um those are very those look very different for me and i'm i'm so grateful that you know i'm at where i'm at today 
Thank you, Angie. And you forgot to tell them that you're an awesome baker. Hello. <laughs> you have a bakery. <laughs> so I'm going to give the details of her bakery after this because you want to get her treats. She is awesome. And Angie, one thing I love is like you are such a rock star mama. Like I, I, yeah, I have had the opportunity to be able to get to know you, you know, before in before recovery and now even more so you being in recovery. So our story is a little bit more personable because me and Angie go back in like a few years back now. And, you know, I open about sharing my my process here in recovery of, you know, how I've been clean for eight years and how that story's developed and how I became a mom after I got clean. But Angie has a little bit of a different story. And this is exactly why I want her on here because she has not only been a mom in recovery, she's actually been a mom when she was in her active addiction. And she has such a powerful testimony that I want her to share about and talk about, you know, just what it is that helped her build that confidence to be able to to make that change in her life because we know it's not easy, right? It's not easy to want to change our lives. And as much as we think we want to just do it for our children, we know ultimately that we have a lot more work to do to find ourselves fit to do it for ourselves, you know? So Angie, can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing first so we can get to know a little more about you? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm from San Antonio, Texas, right? And I lived... I lived in a, you know, upper middle class neighborhood, you know, outside looking in, I really, I mean, I didn't struggle, right? Like I didn't struggle. I, um, I had a, I had a military family, you know, both my parents were in the military and I had an older brother. He was 10 and he's 10 and a half years older than me, you know, and yeah, outside looking in, um, I, I, I really did have everything as far as materials and things like that. Now, from a very young age, I was sexually abused by my dad. And I want to say that it started at, like, my earliest memory, right? I believe was, like, seven or eight. And it went up until middle school. Because that's when I was starting to notice things like, okay, this is not okay, right? Like, it, it actually, you know, took a while for me to understand that certain things weren't okay. Um, and I think that that's where I get a lot of my shame from too is like why didn't I realize that this wasn't okay but you just don't know what you don't know and when you are in an environment where your household is a certain way where like secrets are being kept on a daily basis like you just don't understand things um especially when you don't talk about them with your friends right like you just don't you just don't know and you know, my mom never knew I don't want anyone to think that my mom condoned any of this or anything like that she just didn't know and that's just a testament to how good I was at keeping secrets you know and I think that's something I struggled with for a long time was um, the inability to be open and honest about things because I just didn't want anyone to know like if you thought that I was doing good then I was doing good like that's just kind of the mentality that I had growing up it's like that survival mechanism to get me through things you know so and and I had a few outlets, thank goodness. Like, I had my sports, and I did go to church every Sunday, and thank God for that. You know, I really am grateful that I had some kind of outlet to be around positive people, you know, and I I didn't really get into trouble until I was outside of high school, right? Like, <laughs> honestly, I didn't have time to get in trouble, okay? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, like I said, outside looking in, I was a of goody two-shoes, you know, I didn't date, I didn't even have sex until I was like 20 years old, right? Um, 
you know, I didn't really know what a drug was very much. I just, I just knew that, you know, what I, I get, you know, let, let's talk about it, right? Like, the one drug that I did find for myself was an eating disorder, right? Like, that is how I changed the way I felt from my junior year in high school till today, actually. Like, I still struggle with it. But that is something that, you know, because the drugs weren't there, right, yet, you know, that is something that for me helped me cope with what I was dealing with internally. You know, it, it really did. And, you know, I'm starting to do some real work on that area of my life. But back then, I have to say, like, I don't know what I would have done without that. I really don't. And I, I have to be real about that because it really saved me. Like, I don't know if I would be here dealing with the emotional issues that I was dealing with. Like, I, I needed that that crutch to fall on like I really did you know and so um it just is it has served its purpose though in my life and I at this point like you know I am doing work on it but for a long time you know I needed that I really needed that and um and you know I I I wasn't an addict until I became an addict right and it was fun until it wasn't fun anymore but I have to say that when I got to around 20 21 years old especially because I turned the legal drinking age, right? Like, you know, I, I found my stuff, right? Like I found, I found that I, I liked how I felt when I, I wasn't sober or like when I just, you know, because drinking is my, alcohol is my drug of choice. So that's kind of what I leaned on and, you know, and it progressively got worse. I had my first boy when I was 23, right before I turned 24. And, you know, addiction hadn't taken over my life completely yet. But it definitely started getting worse after I had Anthony. And he's, he's going to be 15 soon. So, you know, like that's just how long this journey has been. But, but yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of where the premise to where my story kind of starts right. is that right there. Wow. Thank you. Oh, my God. That was so, so much gold nuggets that were coming out of that. And you were talking about how your eating disorder was like that crutch, you know, and I didn't realize that either. And like in my active addiction, I started about age 15 and I realized that it started too after like a moment of shame, you know, and for some reason, I, I think I know the reason, right? But for some reason, I still haven't felt led to share the details of that shameful experience, right? Because I still do have some of those family members like around me and I just have to be cautious with that. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that when the time comes, I know God will let me know, right? When it, that time comes, because it is a pivotal part in my story of something that happened when I was 12, right? That changed my life forever. And it changed the way I viewed trust. It changed the way I viewed marriage, the way I viewed a family unit. Like it changed everything. It changed the way I looked at men, right? Because it was my father doing it. And I remember around that time is when not only did I pick up my first drug, it was also around the same time that I started really hating men, you know, and I shared about this on this episode too, right? Like I identified as a lesbian for about 10 years of my life because I couldn't stand the thought of being of a man that reminded me of my father, you know? And so I carried and carried that for a long time. And then eventually I, you know, I got to boxing when I was 20 and anger, I'm realizing that anger was my my outlet prior to drugs right and boxing helped kind of keep a lid on it right all it did was just like pile it in this little canister and it just stayed there until I have to deal with the real issues now right and the beautiful part about all of this right so like for those of you listening we're not sharing this to be a gloom story we're sharing this to show you that 
there is so much hope and encouragement because we both have gone through some pretty deep stuff separately right and you know angie that is just the stuff you were telling me like as you were telling me about your dad like i was just tearing up because i couldn't even like I, it just it just breaks my heart right because as parents like we're their protectors right and i can't even imagine the feelings you were feeling right and and i always get the honor to see women on the other side of things right and seeing you on the other side and seeing the beautiful mom that you are like it's hard to even think that you went through something like that right because you're such a wonderful and nurturing mother right but it didn't come easy for you to have to walk through this and get through the healing on the other side right because you went through some stuff and I just want you to share a little bit about your process of trying to clean up your life because I know that as somebody that's relapsed multiple times, I know it was really hard for me because I was holding on to a familiar life that I knew, right? Um, there was a lot of familiar familiarity in my in using and getting high and, and, you know, partying and being, you know, numbing that pain. It was so familiar. And it still happens in my family to this day, right? I just choose not to participate in it. So changing your, your outlook on things and making that decision, what did that look like for you? And... What was your process like to get to where you're at today, being that you've been clean for a little over two years now? Yes. All right. So let's see. Let's talk about when I first, um, I just want to talk about when I first got clean the first time. So, because there has been many times I've gotten clean. Um, You know, like relapse is a big part of my story and I wouldn't change it, right? Like I really wouldn't change the heartaches that I've had to go through because it's made it mean so much more today. But in 2009, March 30, March 30th of 2019 was the last day that I used the first time, right? And I went to rehab the very next day and uh, I was in a 30-day program, right? And, you know, I... It's looking back, I can see that the mentality that we have when we get clean plays a big part in when if we stay clean. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it does for me. And so, you know, yes, I wasn't using, but it was just a matter of time before I did because I wasn't I wasn't really ready. Like looking back, I wasn't ready. And I can only attribute to that just to the fact that like I wasn't ready like I, I, even though I had two beautiful boys at that time, it doesn't mean that I didn't love them or, or, or my love wasn't like, I, and I just want to say if the love of a mother or if the love that we have for our children could get us clean, there wouldn't be any women that are addicts. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that right now because yeah. it doesn't diminish that. And there's something that has us, you know, it's got a hold of us. And so, you know, I, I genuinely wanted to get clean, but the reasons weren't right. Like, I wasn't doing it for me. And I know that today, everything I do is for me. As selfish as that sounds, I have to do it for me because it's the only way it will stick, you know. And so, you know, I ended up using again, and I was lying about my using. You know, I wasn't being honest with my sponsor. I wasn't being honest doing step work. And so, like, all of that stuff, it was just a matter of time. And then, I mean, I relapsed. I relapsed two more times. Um, I had to go to rehab three times before I was able to get clean and on that third time getting clean I still used when I came home this past time that I went I still used when I came home girl I used on the airport (laughs) I just it just I just wasn't ready I don't know I'm such a stubborn person and my my disease was still trying with me and it was still like putting things in my head like you're fine like what are you talking about I don't know about about anybody else but like 
growing up and just the way that I grew up, right? Like I, I lived in a decent neighborhood. I didn't, I wasn't like living under a bridge wasn't something that I was even really aware of, wrap my head around. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, and that's just where I grew up. That's just my upbringing. I can tell you what it's like to hide under a desk at night because you're afraid every night, like sleep with a bat under your pillow. Like I can tell you what that kind of fear is like, what living like that is like, but I don't know how it, how it is to like, you know, like the stereotypical, representation of an addict that people think of right mm, and right. Yeah. and I had to come to grips with the fact that like that is not true like an addict can look like anything so um I'm just so yes I've been clean for a little over two years now my clean date is July 31st of 2021 and that's a very important date for me like I I'm very proud of that date because that's you know, I this time around, I didn't go to rehab to get clean. I, I definitely got clean at home. Not at my home, though, um, at my mom's house. And it was very hard. Like, I just remember sitting there. And I remember praying, too. I remember sitting in my, in my room that I was in growing up, right? Which is, being in that home is very hard for me. It's very hard for me. I hate being at my mom's house, which was my, used to be my home. I really do. But uh, I'm so grateful for how painful it was this time. Um, you know, I got to be honest, going to rehab is very easy for me. It's like running away. It, for me, it is. Not, I, mean, I know it works for some people and it, they stay clean right after that. But being at my mom's house this time and, and really going through that, um, you know, for, I remember for two weeks, it was so hard for me. I remember being sweaty, you know, not being able to like sleep good. Um, I just wasn't, it was so difficult. And I remember wanting to use every second of every day. And I just remember praying and saying, God, please help me. Like, please help me. I really needed help and I didn't know what else to do. So I just, I just stayed in my room because I was afraid if I left, I would go, I would go, I would use. I really was afraid, you know, and I just told my mom just to bear with me because I'm just going to take some, it's going to take me some time, you know. Yeah. And so... And so I stay clean, and, and uh, I even, this time around, I finally told my mom, I was like, you know what, I want you to start drug testing me. I want you to drug test me, because I, I need to have some accountability. I really needed that, and I, I was grateful that I was able to be honest with myself about it. So, you know, that's how getting clean this time looked for me. It was just really just understanding that I needed accountability, and I needed to be honest with myself and everyone around me. But honesty with myself first, too, because, um, you know, I can I can lie to I, I have no problem lying to people. I really don't. I, I, wish, I wish there was some moral block with that for me. But, you know, my, my disease, it makes it very easy for me to do that. But lying to myself, I'm sorry. I, this time I really understand the damage that that does to me. And I just won't allow it anymore. I just won't allow it. You know, it's been a beautiful journey this time, um, like really getting honest about some things, like being honest about my eating disorder in public. Like that's been a big thing for me is being honest about that, talking about that with other women, letting them know that they're not alone in recovery. Like it's not just the, the drugs that we're like trying to get, you know, healing from, you know, it's all the other things that afflict us with pain every day. And I, I am very much afflicted with pain every day because of my eating disorder like it, it is a daily struggle um and I have to eat right like I don't ever I don't have to use drugs again but I have to eat like I have to deal with food every day 
And so, and, and not to make this all about an eating disorder, but for me, like, that's just, it's a big struggle that in my life, it really is. It has affected me as a mom before, and it still affects me as a mom now, despite all the work I've done getting clean, you know. But, um, but again, like, this journey is, it's gotten better. And it's, this journey is, I know that there's big things coming in that area. I can feel it. I can feel some things needing to change and doing the work on it. So, um, but, you know, as far as, you know, my recovery from my addiction with drugs, like it's, it's been very beautiful this time. Um, I just want to say a story real quick, cause this will show you the growth, right? Like the sponsor that I have. Okay. She knew me before I got clean. She was actually, uh, cause my husband is also in recovery. Right. And so she, uh, she was friends with him before I got clean. And I remember being over, one of the nights that I went over to see the kids and just spend time with, with the person that I love, right? Like they, he had people over and she was there and you know, I had used earlier in the day and she was there and I wasn't very nice to her. (laughs) I was kind of mean, like get out of my house, you know? And, and she told George, she's like, I like her, (laughs) you know, like she just saw herself in me, right? Like that, that spunkiness. And Fast forward to today, you know, my spon- she's my sponsor. I had no idea that was going to be the end result of her journey. And, you know, she just lost her mom. And she just got 10 years. On the same day she got 10 years is the day she lost her mom, right? And George and I drove down to Harlingen to be with her that day. We had no idea that she was going to lose her mom. The minute that we got there is the minute that her mom started to decline. And I was able to be there with her. It was just me and her and her family and George and we I helped her take care of her um I was able to use some of the medical training that I have to help her and and I'm and I'm only saying this because like I just the what recovery looks like for today like I'm able to show up for people not just my children but for her and there's no greater feeling than to give back to someone who's given so much to me like through this journey like my sponsors like besides you like that's like my person you know and I think you know exactly what that relationship is it's beautiful and to be able to be there for her it was it was a gift like it was a gift like God's given me so many gifts this time around and I really think that it's because like God knows that we're ready for it like he knows the change in our, our beliefs and in our mind and um I have to say that the spiritual connection that I have, I'm very private about it. Like, I don't like to boast about it or talk about it too much because um, I remember going to, like I talked about earlier, going to church every Sunday. I know that for my dad, it was like a, it was like a facade. Like, it was like, because it's what we're supposed to do, right. you know? And, and I'm so grateful for it, though. Like, I loved going to church. I loved going to Sunday school. Like, I have a beautiful relationship with God and re- with religion. Like, I don't have some of the stories that some other people have with it. Right. You know, I'm very grateful for, for those things in my life that were there when I was younger. And it's, I think it's allowed me to be able to understand that I need that connection today um, yeah. in recovery. Like, I do. Like, I couldn't do this without on my own. Like, I need God. I need God 100%. And, and so, like, just... I know that this, my newborn baby, I know that he's a gift from God, allowing me to make those living amends. Like, I get to, I get to be everything for him, and in doing so, I get to be everything for my children that I have already, you know? Yeah. Um, Because when I look at him, I see my two other boys, 
you know, I do. So it's like three babies in one, and I get so overwhelmed sometimes. I do. I get. I know. I get so overwhelmed. But but yeah, I mean, that's kind of what. I mean, just in a nutshell, that's what my journey looks like today. Um, and I, I'm I'm so grateful. But it really. I don't know exactly what made me so ready this time, but if I have to put a pin on it, it would just be the fact that there was so much pain. There was so much pain that I really knew that this time if I didn't do something or if I didn't just give myself a chance, I was really, I was going to die. And it wouldn't have been because of drugs. Like, I was going to die. No. Whether it be that I just, I, I don't know. Like, no. you know, I just don't know. And I think that, that at that moment that was scarier than continuing to, like, you talked about, like, that familiar pain of like using like even though it's painful it's familiar like it's we know we know what to expect and like when we have to make a decision to get away from that it I don't know about anybody else but I know for me that that's scary it's still scary in decisions that don't involve recovery for me like well I want to know everything you know but but yeah that's yeah so oh my god Angie that that's incredible because you're like, I'm telling you, I got to see you beforehand and I get to see you now. And that's exactly why I found you a perfect fit for this series, because I know that it's been a healing journey for you. You know, it, it, this this whole thing with, you know, with recovery and, you know, we put the drugs down and some other things kind of resurface. Like, I'm realizing that there's a route that God wants to get us to. Right. And in order for him to get us there, we're just going to have to. We're going to have to walk through some painful things, right? We're going to have to stretch. We're going to have to grow. We're going to have to feel. And when we're numbing ourselves, we're not able to feel anything, right? We end up going right back down that vicious cycle of numbing our pain, going back to the familiar things like using drugs, using things that harm us to numb our pain, right? And I realized that, and this is crazy because I know you talked about like your eating disorder and also like the drugs, but I did share like my anger is one of them, right? And I'm realizing how much anger has been such a big piece of my life since I was a little girl. And I didn't realize that, right? I was like, okay, well, you know, boxing, of course, it's, you know, you need that to be able to like, and it did help the anger. Like I said, it helped the anger, but it was okay till it wasn't okay. It was okay till it wasn't okay when I didn't know the difference between like, you can't you know, hurt people like this, right? And so growing up and being a mom, and like I said, my story's a little different because I became a mom after I cleaned up my life a little bit, but there's been a lot of healing that I still have to do, right? I have to heal and, you know, I have to trust God through this process to help me when it comes to healing the way I view my marriage, right? Because my husband is nothing like my father. And and I'm grateful for that, right? Because, and, and, I, and I don't mean that in a mean way, because my dad did have a lot of amazing qualities to him. My dad was not a horrible person. You know, I know that today. I know that he was caught in the grip too, right? Like he was caught up in his in his drinking and, and he was dealing with his own pain that he was trying to get through, right? Like my his mom, my grandma, was actually like in, in prison for murder. You know, he never met his dad. He grew up in gangs. Like, so then he has these girls, these daughters, and it's almost like, what do I do with them, right? I can only imagine what he was having to go through trying to raise girls coming from something that he did, right? But the beautiful thing that I'll never forget is, like, even towards the end, right? My dad's already 
you know, he, he passed seven years ago and same thing like you were sharing, like I got that opportunity to be present with him and literally hold his hand as he took his last breath and I was clean, right? He got to see me get clean and, and clean up my life. But I got to see the beautiful relationship even deeper with God that he was getting. Like he was just he was just getting in this deeper like I don't know if it's almost like he knew something was happening or maybe like God was just changing his heart, but I started seeing my dad in such a different light or you know, or maybe the fact that even I I got clean that I got to start seeing my dad from a different lenses, right? And that's what that's what healing looks like is that it starts to take off the lenses that we have, right? Of like brokenness, shame, um, you know, insecurity, jealousy. Like I know for me, I started changing those lenses and I start putting on things of like, how does God see me, right? How does God see other people the way, like even if people that I don't agree with, like how do how can I see them in a loving lens, right? Mm-hmm. I always think of it as like, how can I see something loving out of these situations? And that's what I really got to start doing with my dad at the end, right? And mm-hmm. because I've been able to do that, I see how it's just really allowed me to, like there's like, like a huge piece of forgiveness that I was able to leave there when my father passed that I get to carry over with my children, right? Like I get to forgive faster today. They get to see me be more um, understanding, more forgiving. And, and I wasn't even a mom then still, like when my dad passed. Like I still wasn't a mom. My, my dad never got to meet, you know, our children. But, um, but I still can see how those gold nuggets of, what I went through in that situation of losing my father, like carried over into my healing journey as a mother, right? Because I just honor my role as a mother so much more today Mm -hmm. because I know today that we always have a choice, right? Right. I could go back to what's familiar and my kids could well see me be the woman that I used to be, or I can, I can look for, I can walk through it even though it's uncomfortable and unfamiliar and I know that there's going to be something better than what I've had before, right? Like, I already know where the drugs and alcohol take me. There's, we already know, right? Like, we're, there's no secret behind that. It all ends the same, just about, right? Um, but I'm like, what is it going to look like if my children get to, watch, you know, see me heal? Same thing, my husband's in recovery too, right? And how, how, how does it affect their life that they get to see their mother and you know their father walking through this and healing like we don't realize the power that the healing's not just for us like while it is it has to be for us first i truly believe that like you said it has to be for us it really does um because we need to change a heart and a, and we need a renewed mindset in order for us to uh be able to teach our kids differently mm-hmm. but it is for the next generations to come just think about it. Imagine, you know, of course, we don't want to imagine that our kids may go through something like that. But if they do for some reason, if for some reason they decide they go astray for whatever it is, they know that, hey, I saw my mom do it. I saw my dad do it so I can do it, too. Right. Um, and, and to me, that that just speaks volumes. Right. Like, I think for me, you know, as far as um, being like here with my children, like some of the biggest things I've been trying to instill in them that my mom instilled in me, which I love, is our faith, you know? Like, not, it doesn't have to, 
not in a way like where it has to be um like strict or, or very like you know what i mean like it's more so like i just want them to know a relationship with god however that looks like for them and there's and this is funny some days like we'll let them pray at the table because they like to pray they're like mom they'll remind us like if we're about to eat and we don't pray they're like mom we need to pray right and they'll grab our hands and my son will like it's so cute though but it just shows you like just a child like mine he'll start talking to god and tell him about his day he's like i went fishing and i did and i'm like you didn't even go fishing (laughs) but it's beautiful because he it's like he talk. he knows he he tells us like he's talking to god and he comes and he'll tell me things about jesus and it's cute but it's like he has his own little relationship and that's exactly what i feel that God wanted us in the first place, right? Like you said, regardless if it's religion or if it's, you know, your own personal relationship with him, as long as that relationship. And to me, that's been a big fundamental piece of our family and our children's life. That that's one thing I carried in my childhood to this day Mm -hmm. is my prayer life is my faith in God. And I don't know where I'd be without it either, you know? And, and I have multiple pictures of even when I was a boxer, how I would kneel down and pray before I'd start my competition. Every every fight, I had like over 30 fights. Every single one of them, I was kneeling at the corner. And the referees that knew me knew to wait and like wait for me till I was done because that was just my my thing. Like I just always was bold about showing my faith in God, mm-hmm. regardless that it looks different now than it did back then, right. you know? Um, but I'm only saying that to say that like, I, I know that there's just so much encouragement in in this story and i love that you were talking about like you being able to be there you know be there for your sponsor and be there for your kids and you know i i'm i see it and you're a great friend too you know i want you to know that like you were a wonderful friend she stood in our wedding by the way which is so fun (laughs) (laughs) um but it it's like i just feel like moms need to hear this because sometimes it's lonely. Motherhood is beautiful, but it's lonely. It gets lonely um, when we're just with our kids sometimes, right? And now my kids are in a stage where they talk more. But th- even then, like, we still need that friendship. We need other moms that go through things that, you know, f- children don't understand. Our husbands don't understand. Right. You know, um, being a stay-at-home mom has really changed my outlook on friendship and how important it is and how like before I could get away with being like, oh, I'll text my friend a month later or whatever. And now it's like, no, I need I need to check on my friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I need to be more mindful of my mom friends and my friends and I need friendship and I make time to have lunch with my friends or go see go where I can see them or check on them or whatever it is. Right. Building this community with Box Fit Queens like we need each other. You know, mm-hmm. we need each other. And, you know, whether you can relate to anything in addiction or not. I just want you to take the golden nuggets of what Angie just shared today because there was a lot there. And what I got from this is like, despite what she went through as a child, um, the traumatic experiences she went through, I just get to see the other side of it, right? And I think that's what we all desire is like to be able to see the other side one day. And it's not pretty. We're not promising it's going to be pretty. It may not. It's not going to be sexy, right? Um, it's going to require you to change a lot of things. It's going to require you to have a lot of trust um, in God and in yourself because that's how we did it. You know, that's how we did it. And, and Angie's sharing you right now, sharing with you right now exactly how she did it. So, Angie, is there anything that you want to leave here today um, for moms that are like you? 
just may, they may be struggling they don't even know what to do like they're just in a place where like if you could just leave them with a tip of something that helped you like when you maybe made that decision and be like you know what I gotta do something different um could you leave something with them for encouragement yeah so I think that um one thing that I would say is that just for me it's just giving myself a break and just you know, like we talked about before we even recorded this, like taking that time for myself, whether it be to rest, whether it be to do something that's for my recovery, that's really for me, right? Because um, I struggle with that. I struggle with that a lot. And like, this is my, I'm, I'm breastfeeding, I'm pumping exclusively this time. And it's like, I've, I'm, I work and I'm a stay-at-home mom too. Like I work part-time at our bakery and I'm a stay-at-home mom. And it's like, sometimes I just put so much on my plate. And what I can say is that the laundry will get done when it's going to get done, right? Like the cleaning will get done when it's going to get done. My job is to take care of myself so that I can take care of my family. Mm -hmm. And that means my husband too, right? Like I need to take time for me so that I can be the wife that I need to be to him and then also the mother for my children. Um, And that's, you know, I I don't really know what that looks like sometimes, taking that moment. I don't. But... Whatever it looks like for you, take it and don't feel bad about it. Because I think that that's as a as a mom, and I'm sure you can uh, you understand those feelings, right? Like we feel like we the guilt that I have when I do that sometimes. Like going to get my nails done, I'm like scratching at them to hurry up and finish so I can get back home. But why? It's just two out two hours. Like I I deserve that time, you know. And and moms out there, you deserve that time for yourself. 100 percent because you're worth it and then get that recharge and then go back to doing what you what you know you love and want to do for your family you know but yeah that's that's what i would say take time for yourself thank you angie for sharing that i think that's really important like to you know because i think when we're rested and we're recharging it gives us time to really like process some things that we're going through you know and maybe when we're we're in that pause and that peaceful state i feel like a lot of times that's when i get you know, I get things dropped in my heart and in my spirit of like when I have that quiet time to really process, it's like, oh, OK, this is something maybe I need to look at. Right. Um, so, Angie, thank you so much for doing this, for being on this show. It was a powerful episode. And I always tell any of the guests that come on, like, look wherever God leads you to share like I want you to get as vulnerable as you feel comfortable sharing don't you know I never want you to feel like you gotta let something out that you don't want to but thank you Angie because I know that um I know that you freed yourself a lot today too from a lot of things so you know based on our conversation so thank you so much and you're gonna leave the details of your bakery because I need <laughs> uh, people need to know about your, your your new bakery your business and um and how they can find you and yeah just leave them with your info please okay sure <laughs> um thank you for letting me do this um it's really been an honor to be here today um but so Lazmerilda Bakery is our family bakery that we have. It's at C- 739 New Laredo Highway, San Antonio, Texas. But I have my own business. It's also called Angie's Bakery. And stay tuned because we are going to open a shop in Universal City soon. But right now, it's just I do things out of my house and at our family bakery. But yeah, so we do a lot of pan dulce, custom cakes and cookies. But yes, so. 
Yes, you, you need to check her out. She does amazing stuff. Oh, my God. We're going to do a whole episode on her bakery. No, i <laughs> <laughs> But thank you, Angie. This was, this was such an honor to have you on. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you so much, Reynas, for listening to today's show. If this episode has impacted you in any way, please share this message with another mom or woman that's needing to hear this message. Because together, we can continue to be strong in our identities and stay crowned with confidence. If you're wanting to know more about our mission here at BoxFit Queens, please visit our website at www.boxfitqueens.com and follow our YouTube channel for some more amazing free content under BoxFit Queens as well. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you back here soon. Have a good day. I love you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.